Hey, it's John Terry, the Black Belt Leader, and welcome to another Black Belt Leadership Master Your Life podcast. Have you ever been told that practice makes perfect? Well, if you have, you're in for a shock because practice doesn't make perfect. What practice does is the topic of this particular conversation we're going to have today about learning to lead yourself well and make good choices. So let's get started. You know, I've had the privilege of traveling around the world teaching the martial arts, and it's been incredible what I've had an opportunity to see and experience as I've shared predator awareness, predator safety, rape and assault prevention, and traditional martial arts teaching and training, not only here in the United States, but in Central America, Africa, and the Caribbean. It's been an amazing opportunity, but some of the most amazing lessons that I've learned that have really shaped who I am as a martial artist came in the dojo where I trained, and then later as a school owner, having an opportunity to work and train with my students. You know, it's, it's funny when I think back to some of the, the things I experienced as a school owner, and one of those was working with my four- and five-year-olds, the little dragons class that uh, Mr. Kyle and I had in our school. And these little rambunctious, rowdy kids would come running in from elementary school ready to put on their little dragon's skis and punch and kick and play and, and have a great amount of fun. And like with most of our classes, we had an exercise component. We had some group instruction. And then we'd give the students time to begin to work on learning the techniques. Now, we followed a similar format in our teen and adult classes as well, but it was interesting, especially with the little kids, because they're still developing their coordination, their muscle habits, and all of the other things they need to learn to really become successful uh, in the martial arts. And so oftentimes when they would do a technique or attempt to do a technique that looked nothing like what we did in class, we'd have to stop and kind of jokingly ask, now, what do you call that? Because it looked nothing like what we wanted to see. But if we allow them to continue to practice the wrong way, they would hone a skill set that would not properly serve them if they needed to use that particular technique either in a tournament setting or in a self-defense setting, whether this was little kids, teenagers, or adults. Practice doesn't make perfect, but it allows us to make permanent what we're learning. That's an important distinction when it comes to practice. You know, I remember standing in front of my peers as a black belt instructor and having an opportunity for rank advancement, and they would continually remind me that the level to which I had practiced would show up in the way that I performed before doing a testing before my peers. When I would go to a tournament to compete, how well I did was a reflection on how well I practiced and the intensity and the focus upon which I put into my practice. Because as we're practicing and honing our skills every day, whether it's the martial arts, singing, dancing, architecture, cooking, whatever it is that you do, every day that we are practicing our craft, we're preparing for game day. Now, game day for some people may be going out on a football field or a tennis court or a basketball court and playing the game that they play, but for others, it's life and death. Imagine you're a 20-year-old female walking out of the mall and into the parking lot to go get into your car, and you're confronted by a man with a knife. If that's your game day, what you have practiced has got to work because your life depends upon it. 
if you are in sales and you've been working on a presentation to try to close a multi-million dollar opportunity for your business, and it's game day when you have to make your presentation in front of a board that's going to decide whether to buy from you or for someone else, the practice and preparation that you've done are going to show up in your performance. Because remember, practice doesn't make perfect. We've heard that said for years that if you practice it, you perfect it. But it's important that we understand that's not necessarily true because practice makes permanent. That's why when you watch professionals that are out there performing at a very high level, you watch these golf professionals that can hit a golf ball over 300 yards. They can stop a ball. They can back it up. They can do these amazing things with their golf clubs. Why? Because they spent hundreds, sometimes thousands of hours honing those skills. You look at incredible basketball athletes that perform at a very high level. They have spent hundreds of hours standing at the free throw line, practicing that dribble, practicing that pass. Football players practicing throwing the ball, catching the ball, blocking. You pick the sport. Those individuals that perform at a high class level have gotten to where they are because they understand that they have to practice with intentionality. They understand that they have to practice for perfecting what they want to be able to perform when it's game time. And you and I are no different. You know, one of my personal instructors years ago was Grandmaster Richard Bastillo. He was a student of Bruce Lee. And having an opportunity to hear Grandmaster Bastillo share some of the things that he learned from the immortal Bruce Lee when it comes to the martial arts is anybody in the martial arts dream. After all, who doesn't want to be the next Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris or Jackie Chan? You pick the martial arts superhero. Learning from those living legends is something that's always valuable. And one of the things Grandmaster Bastillo often reminded me and the others that he would teach is that Bruce taught a concept of thinking without thinking. It's a concept in the martial arts we refer to as mushin, or literally no mind. Now, what does that mean? It means that you have practiced your skill set to the point that you no longer have to think, oh, a front punch is coming, what do I do? Oh, somebody's throwing a front kick at me, what do I do? Somebody has pulled a knife, what do I do? You have honed your body to immediately know the response and to make the appropriate response without having literally conscious thought. I demonstrated this in our kids' class when new students would come in. Four- and five-year-old kids would walk in the door, and we had this little padded stick that was known as a little dragon's blocker. It was a tool that we would use to help the kids learn blocking. And if you've ever played whack-a-mole, think whack-a-mole, but with four- and five-year-old kids, all right? So let me explain how we would do that. A new student would walk into the school, and I would talk to their parents and talk to them of what they were going to be learning in our martial arts classes. And I would take this little padded stick, and I would tap them on the head. And then I would show them how to execute a high block. And then I would reach forward and I would softly tap them on the head to see if they would raise the arm and block. Now, the first few times I would do that, I would touch them on the head and then slowly the arm would come up and they would push the pad up off their heads. But after a few minutes of practice, when I would begin to swing the blocker their direction, their hand immediately shot up to block that particular technique. And as they came into our school, during training time, I would constantly walk around with this little dragon's blocker in my hand, and periodically I would reach over and I would try to tap them on the head or tap them on the shoulder or poke them in the belly and would 
expect the kids in the class to make the appropriate block or the appropriate move to get out of the way. And over a period of time, the kids learn to recognize these movements, and without conscious thought, they would block, they would parry, they would move, or they would do the appropriate technique to deal with the confrontation of the little dragon's blocker. Now, the same thing works whether you're dealing with law enforcement, military, defensive tactics, high-performance sports teams, anybody that has to work at a high-performance level. They drill and they train so that they have an opportunity to learn how to hone those skills. After all, if you're going to be jumping out of an airplane at 5,000 feet or 10,000 feet or however high you're going to jump, you want to hone those skills so you don't have to think, what do I do as a parachutist? You know the things that you have to do and execute those, and you've also drilled the contingency so that if your parachute doesn't open, you don't go into a panic. You immediately know what to do to release your reserve chute and have an opportunity to come to the ground safely. Law enforcement officers train in defensive tactics so that as they're confronted with someone who has an opportunity to respond in a negative way to a situation that you know maybe it's uh, they've come across someone that they've got to deliver an arrest warrant for, and that person becomes non-compliant. They train in the appropriate techniques to deliver the appropriate response so they can do without thinking. Now, many of us in this world have had times when we've done something where someone has to look at us and we're attempting to perform a task and we fail miserably at that task, and somebody on the team stops, has to stop and say. What do you call that? You know, as a leader, that's the thing we don't want to have happen in our lives. We've got to understand that as a leader, our leadership is always under a microscope. So as a result of that, we've got to make sure that as we are practicing leadership, we are practicing leadership well. You know, if you think back to some of the greats in the sports world, Peyton Manning, LeBron James, Michael Phelps, all of them world-class athletes. Now, they were at the top of their game for one reason, because they were intent on internalizing what they were learning, mastering what they do, and honing their craft in such a way that they can perform at a world-class level. SWAT teams, military, bodyguards, law enforcement special forces, they all do the same thing. As leaders, how are we any different? We can only lead to the level that we find ourselves. And that means we can only take others where we have already gone. We can't take them where we don't know how to take them. So if you're going to be world-class as a leader, what does that mean? If you're going to be at the top of your game, then as you're practicing living out leadership, you've got to do it with the intent of practicing for game time. Because remember, your practice makes permanent. So it starts with you. Now, what do I mean it starts with you? If you intend to pursue black belt excellence as a leader in life, every day you've got to be intentional about working on yourself to become a better version of yourself. Why? I think one of my mentors, John Maxwell, said it best. He says this. He says, people do what people see. And if you're going to become a leader, and you're going to be the leader that you want others to follow and emulate, understand the concept of Mushin when it comes to leadership.
and that's this. If you still have to think about it, you really haven't learned it. You haven't internalized what it means to be a leader. If you have to stop and ask yourself, what would a leader do in this situation, you haven't internalized leadership. If you have to stop and think, what would a leader say in this situation, you haven't truly learned leadership and you haven't internalized it because a leader understands the concept of Mushin. In my book, Black Belt Leadership, that is the 10th essential leadership quality to become a black belt leader in life. And that's learning to lead yourself well and make good choices so that you learn to live life as a leader by default. You know, about 25 years ago, my dad gave me a book from John Maxwell, Developing the Leader Within You. In that book, there was an introduction, a quote that stuck with me for the rest of my life. It was a quote from the president of Hyatt Hotels, and it was a very powerful statement about the importance of leadership. And here's what that quote said. If there's anything I've learned in my 27 years in the service industry, it's this. 99% of all employees want to do a good job. How they perform is simply a reflection of the one for whom they work. Now think about that for just a minute. How they perform is simply a reflection of the one for whom they work. Now think about this particular quote in concept of what my mentor John Maxwell shared with you just a few moments ago. People do what people see. If you want your people to lead themselves well and make good choices, you have to model that. So whether you're teaching Little League, you're managing a team of employees at work, you're leading a volunteer organization, or you're directing a Fortune 500 company, how you practice your leadership day in and day out is going to reflect how well you perform when it's game day and how well those on your team who are modeling the leadership that you are putting before them and expecting them to emulate in their own lives that's how they're going to perform as well. So the question is this. When they see your leadership, what do they call that? Is it going to be a world-class black belt performance, or is it going to be them asking the question, is that really leadership, and is that what I want to follow? You know, one of the, the, the interesting comments I've heard Dr. John share, and I laugh every time I hear him share it. He says this. If you think you're leading and no one is following, you're only taking a walk. You know, I think my mom said it best growing up as a kid when my mom said this. She says, if a person isn't worth following, then don't. Now, if 99% of all employees want to do a good job, if 99% of the people you're leading want to do a good job, but how they perform is simply of reflection of the one who is leading them, what does that say about the importance of your leadership? If others have to ask the question, what do you call that? You're not modeling true leadership. That means your practice lacks purpose. Remember, people do what people see. So I want to challenge you to be deliberate about the practice of your leadership every single day of your life. So that when it's game time, 
and you have to step up and lead. You have to take decisive action. You have to say something. You don't have to stop and think, what would a leader do? What would a leader say? Mushin, no mind, becomes your leadership model because you have internalized it to the point that you are no longer acting as a leader. You are living leadership by default. Remember, if you still have to think about it, you haven't really learned it. So I want to challenge you to live your life with black belt excellence as a black belt leader in life. How do we do that? By understanding that our practice makes permanent what we're practicing. So stop and take a look and inventory how you're leading yourself, the choices you're making every single day, because those choices become the, your beliefs. Those beliefs become your habits, and those habits become the model that you set before others. So let me challenge you. Be intentional in your leadership and lead them well. A black belt leader in life is in the relentless pursuit of black belt excellence. Hey, I'm John Terry, the black belt leader. And again, I want to say thanks for joining me for this Master Your Life Black Belt Leadership Podcast. If you haven't connected with me on social media, I encourage you to do so via blackbeltleader.com. You can go to the contact page and you can connect with me on all of our social media sites where we're regularly sharing insights, tips, tools, ideas, and resources to help you grow yourself and those around you. I want to thank you for investing in yourself, for believing in the black belt leader that is within you, and taking the time daily to develop and to deploy that black belt leader within to make a difference in the world around you. We need more black belt leaders. So step up in your own pursuit of black belt excellence and challenge others to follow you on that journey. The resources and tools to help you do that are on my website, beablackbeltleader.com. Hey, again, John Terry, the black belt leader, thank you for joining me. Thank you for believing in yourself, for investing in yourself, and continuing to grow yourself as a black belt leader. Have a great day.